Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back for our final episode of the 2020 NFL fantasy football season. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, joined by Harley Schultz. Harley, I hope you had a good Christmas. I'll ask you how you're doing. But first, I got to say, honestly, I didn't think we were going to get here. We're here, so let's talk about it. We made it. We did. Well, I mean, guess technically we still have the playoffs to get through, but we made it 17 weeks. Uh, only a few games ended up getting scheduled, uh, rescheduled. But as, as far as I'm aware, no games were actually moved from the week they were originally scheduled from. I know we had some bye weeks mi- mixed around in there, but uh, you know, teams played games on every single day of the week this year, which is the first, I do believe. Yep. We had games on Tuesday, a game on Wednesday, uh, multiple Saturday games at the end of the season here, a game on Friday for Christmas. Very, very interesting thing. And you know what? Things are going to get even more interesting next year because there will be 17 regular season weeks. I'm sorry, 17 game season, so 18 weeks total. So, yeah, I didn't think we'd get here. We did. um, Week week 17 kicked off. Week 16 kicked off the fantasy championships with a bang on Christmas Day, right? Alvin Kamara scoring (laughs) 77 touchdowns. It, that was uh, interesting. I read something on Twitter today that apparently uh, Drew Brees' son won a fantasy football league championship uh, with Kamara in his lineup. So it remains to be seen if Brees maybe knew about that ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, the the Taysom Hill stealing of the touchdown though that was a little that was a little foul. That that was pretty cruel, I have to admit. And uh, when you look around, I mean, obviously. If you're in your championship game and the very first game of the weekend, you are suddenly down 45 points or so to someone because they happened to start at Elvin Kamara. And again, if you're in the championship and Elvin Kamara was on your team, it wasn't like you're like debating whether or not to start him. No, he was a first round running back. He was going to he was going to be your guy. I mean, even if Taysom Hill played or started the game at quarterback. And we know that Kamara had some down weeks with Hill at quarterback earlier this season. You're still not debating. I mean, no. who who are you possibly going to have on your roster that you wouldn't have started Kamara this week? Now, now you- fortunately, for those teams facing Kamara, we got big performances from some other people this weekend, too. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams last night. Uh, so there Corey was Davis. chances for people to come back. Corey Davis. Yeah. Oh, no, that's right. Never mind. <laughs> That, that was unpredictable there. I mean, to think that they completed only like three passes to their wide receivers last night. I mean, yes, snow was a factor, but I think that Mike Vrabel should have adjusted something at some point. I mean, Green Bay lined up with basically six defensive linemen at the start. They were, they were doing a 6-2-4 defense. Uh, from, uh, I'm sorry, uh, a 6-2-3 defense from the start, basically. Yeah, I don't know if that was the crazier stat 
or, or look, I should say, that, that you know they cl- completed three passes to wide receivers this weekend, or if it was the fact that the Cleveland Browns, who were one of two teams that really got screwed this year because of COVID, quite honestly, may cost them the playoffs. <laughs> um, if, if for people that don't know, they were without their four top wide receivers, I believe it was. Um, uh, five if you count Odell Beckham Jr. True, very true. Um, Baker may, first of all, I put the over under for total rushing attempts because of this at 55 on Twitter. And yes, I said it high on purpose, right? Um, which 55, believe it or not, is not even an NFL record. Anyway, who would have thought that they would have ran the ball less than 20 times and have Baker throw it 53 times? Unbelievable. And, and something to say about that, too, is that it's not like they were devoid of talent at the running back position. No. I mean, they've got two top 15 running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Now, ultimately, they both did score, and Hunt picked up some decent receiving yards uh, in the second half of the game. But, he, I mean, neither one of them did much of anything in the first half. And, I mean, obviously, we weren't expecting a ton of passes to the wide receivers because they had Marvin Hall was the only wide receiver that had caught a pass yet this season, I believe. And that wasn't even with Cleveland when he did that. Yeah. And then a bunch of practice squad guys brought up. Uh, but they targeted their tight ends a lot. We, we kind of expected that. Harrison Bryant kind of played like a wide receiver. But come on. Uh, 53 <laughs> passes. Come on. I, would, I wouldn't have done that. That wasn't the best strategy. And yes, the Jets are better against the run than they are the pass. But we're not talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the well, 84 Chicago Bears run defense. We're, we're talking about a Jets team that is a one Jets win team. going into this week. Yeah, that, that's going. Yeah, <laughs> and they were missing Quentin Williams. That is a huge blow. Yes. So it just it's one of those head scratchers. That's all. I'm just like, goodness gracious! It's like almost as bad a decision as Kurt Warner wearing that jacket on the broadcast. But I do digress. Um, you know what? At this point, all I have left to say is I'm going to throw it over to Harley for this week's Blitz Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Ryan Fitzpatrick led Miami to a game-winning comeback against the Raiders Saturday when Vegas decided to drain the clock and then kick a field goal instead of scoring an easy touchdown on an earlier down. Apparently, John Gruden has forgotten that magicians have ruled Vegas for decades now. (laughs) Frank Gore will not play in Week 17 after suffering a lung contusion. This will be just the third game in the last 10 years that Gore has not dressed for. We asked Frank about his plans going forward, and he responded that he hopes to only miss three games in the next decade, too. (laughs) The Kansas City Chiefs have wrapped up a first-round bye and the AFC's number one overall seed following their victory over Atlanta. Consider this your annual reminder to not have your fantasy finals week 17. No one should be forced to lose a super flex league title because they are forced to play Chad Henney and Brian Pringle instead of Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. (laughs) After starting for them on Sunday, the Washington football team cut last year's first round pick Dwayne Haskins. We tried to reach Haskins for comment but he said that he didn't have time to stop and issue a comment right now as he was running late for his interview 
to be the new bouncer at the Spearmint Rhino. <laughs> and finally, unlike the last three weeks, Christian McCaffrey is not expected to return this week. Still, in the spirit of the holidays, McCaffrey got all of his fantasy owners a special present, a higher draft pick at next year's rookie draft. <laughs> this has been your BPN News Update. I should have known you were going to just wrap the season with that one. There's no, no way around it. Um, you know, are you sure Frank Gore's out? Because I think if Frank was in a hospital bed, Adam Gase would still give him 10 carries. <laughs> you know, I, I think we're more likely to see Frank Gore's son play this week than Frank Gore. Okay. You're right. You're right. Um, so episode-wise, or I should say, you know, for what we're going to look at doing, we're going to do our normal DFS segment. But before we get into DFS, we're going to have a little fun. It's, <laughs> it's draft season at the Blitz podcast already. This is a way too early draft. Way too, way too early draft. Um, we're going to, our plan is to do two rounds, but we might go three. And depending on how we feel, we may stretch it to four, but you will not get five rounds. Now, Harley, set the tone on what this draft will encompass. Well, what's going to be is your standard one quarterback, tight end mandatory, point per reception league. So in other words, PPR style receivers are going to be more popular as are PPR style running backs. Uh, both of us tend to lean towards waiting on quarterbacks uh, to later rounds in these formats if you only have one quarterback mandatory. But obviously there are a few that may sneak their heads into the top uh, tier at their position. Now, we're going to do 12 teams. So, again, as we're drafting these players, these are players that you, you want to look at the teams and how they're constructed and whatnot and where you might find certain construction patterns like a hookup between a wide receiver and a quarterback or going with a couple of running backs or going with two wide receivers early even. So, again, depending on where you draft, you might find useful to know that this might be what you're faced with. There you go. So with that said – Harley was lucky enough, he doesn't know this yet, but he pulled the number one spot. So we're going to let Harley kick us off. There is no draft timer, but we are going to try to go rather quickly, and maybe we'll do a little recap after each round or half a round or something like that, depending on where we are. Well, much like the Jaguars, I am on the clock. And much like the Jaguars, there's really a consensus one or two choices here, but I'm going to go with the obvious choice as far as I'm concerned, and that's uh, Christian McCaffrey. Even with the injury this season, he is still uh, the best overall running back in football. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Uh, that offense made a guy like Mike Davis relevant this year, and actually not just relevant, but running back one L relevant. So McCaffrey back is huge. So got a couple of ways I can go here. Um, I think that a lot of people would possibly still give Saquon Barkley some consideration. Alvin Kamara definitely gets some consideration here as well as, in my mind, King Henry and Dalvin Cook. Um, it is a PPR. So I am actually going to go with Dalvin Cook at the number two spot. I absolutely agree with that. That's actually the one player I considered opposite McCaffrey at the one spot, even above some of the other names you mentioned there. So I, I'm totally down. McCaffrey and Cook was how I had going one, two as well. But pick three, I make the first real stretch, and I'm going to go with a positional advantage that you just can't beat, and that's Travis Kelsey, tight end for Kansas City. 
Wow. I did not expect Kelsey to go that early. I thought we'd see him closer to the end, middle to the end of the first round. Um, it is only a start one tight end league. It is. There's no, we didn't, we said we're not giving any additional points for percent re, points for tight end catches, right? They're the same as wide receivers and running backs. Same as wide receivers and running backs. But in the case of Kelsey, you're talking about a guy who there, there's really four, maybe five high end tight ends. And again, in a 12 team league, uh, you're going to be starting some real slum dogs at the end of the draft. So you want to have a decent tight end if you can. Travis Kelsey, he's a damn good wide receiver, but you're getting him in your tight end spot, and you just can't cover that any other way. Yeah. So now I've got those same guys on my board. Um, can't help it. I'm a running back whore. Uh, as much as I want to go Alvin Kamara here, do we know if Drew Brees is playing next year? We don't. If Drew Brees doesn't play next year, Alvin McCamara is the same player, but we've already saw that Taysom Hill wasn't necessarily good for him. Solid running correct. back, but I don't know the top four. So I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to take some injury risk, and I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. Well, I do agree with I have, I have Barkley going in my top ten next year. Uh I don't know if I like him quite this high yet coming off the injury. And we really don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be for the Giants either. But the chance that they could end up picking as high as pick uh, four or five in this coming draft, uh, we, don't, we don't know. Maybe they go another route. I mean, Daniel Jones has looked okay. But is Barkley going to be able to step right back in? I think he will. But again, I I, I, I'm a little scared to pick him that high. So you're, you're taking Barkley at four. Four, okay. Well, then at five, I'm actually going to take the guy who I was going to take at four, and that is Derrick Henry. Gave him consideration, the fact that he doesn't catch many passes and that he has carried the ball a ton over the last two years and his running style gives me just a little bit of pause. We get a little more tread on the tire with Barkley, but I don't have a problem with King Henry in the top five at all. You could have made an argument for him to be one or two overall, quite honestly. Yep. So that means at six, I now have a decision. Um, and I think that, you know, Alvin Kamara is really staring me straight smack dab in the face here. He really is. We're playing a little Kamara chicken here. We are. But I don't know if I can pull the trigger on him, but I also don't know if I can't pull the trigger on him. Uh, there's some guys I think I can get a little bit later. So quite honestly, yeah, I'm going to take Alvin off the board at six. I think that's the right play. I would have actually taken him at five if he was sitting there uh, and I hadn't taken Henry. Uh, for me, then, if you're taking Kamara, I'm going to pivot again and take the top wide receiver off the board. And that, that was pretty obvious after last night's performance. The top wide receiver is Devontae Adams. He's somebody I had in my sights. I was hoping he might slide a little bit. Um, if I had another running back whore in his draft with me, then that would have been an opportunity. But it doesn't look that way. Um, but now it starts to get a little interesting as far as I'm concerned. Um, we still can look at running back, and there's some guys that I really like. And then you start looking at some of the wide receivers, and you go, well, how do you avoid that guy? Um, I'm going to take a chance that I'm going to get some more slidage on the wide receivers. And I'm going to go against the grain here, and I am going to take J.K. Dobbins at eight. Nice. Um, I had him sliding a lot further than this, but uh, I, I'm glad to see him go because 
that puts my favorite running back still on the board here. He's <laughs> um, a guy who's primed for a comeback after a really down season. I will gladly you can have just, like I will take Zeke and just count the touchdowns next year. <laughs> you can have him. You can have him. Um, yeah, I know that's quite high for Dobbins, but I also know that you like him. I wasn't sure that I could see him at 10, uh, probably, maybe not, I don't know, um, or 12, but I definitely think he's a first-round running back. I had him going early second round, uh, uh, round about pick number 16 or so. Okay, but that also shows that, you know what, sometimes you just got to get your guy. Yep. Right? So Never hurts to reach around. So now at 10, I'm going to dip my toe into the tight end pool myself. Wow. I was going to wait till 12, but I don't know if he'd have made it there. So I'm going to take George Kittle, who is possibly the only guy that could could come close to unseating Kelsey at the top spot. Well, they're trading off the uh, receiving record uh, year to year now. So it was Kelsey, then it was Kittle. Now it's Kelsey again after, after last night or after yesterday's game. So it's certainly possible Kittle retakes that record next year. I like him. I had him going early second as well. Uh, so I didn't really want to take him quite this early, uh, mainly because I don't really know what their quarterback situation is going to be there. And the quarterback situation in Kansas City is pretty secure. Quarterback situation in San Francisco, eh, not quite so much. But look what he's uh, done with that stuff. That's the thing. Well, so I took Kelsey at the number three pick, shock a lot of people. And I'm going to take uh, the other big receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. At this spot here, I'm going to go ahead and take Tyree Kill. That makes my pick easy because I actually gave this guy consideration at 10. I'm going to take DeAndre Hopkins in year two in the desert. I absolutely like that uh, a lot. Actually, I had him ranked number 10 overall on my list, too. Uh, he would have been my guy, if, again, if for whatever reason Hill wasn't sitting there. Now here's where it gets interesting. You're getting close to the swing pick in the first round. I looked at certain running backs that I think have upside. And I looked at certain wide receivers that have upside. Uh, this is where I would love to take well, Kittle. Well, hold on a minute, though. And now, since we're at the swing pick. We aren't together yet. We're at pick 11 right now, right? No, we're at that, DeAndre was pick 12. I'll was run, I will run down the first round for you since I'm recording. Oh, thank you. I, 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 missed, I missed a couple lines here, apparently. <laughs> um, we have Christian McCaffrey at number one, Dalvin Cook two, Kelsey three, Barkley, four. King Henry, five. Alvin Kamara at six. Then we drop Devontae Adams in at seven. J.K. Dobbins at eight. Ezekiel at nine. George Kittle at ten. Tyreek Hill drops down to 11. And then DeAndre Hopkins at 12. Uh, My mistake there. I, I think I missed a couple picks when I was going through that. That's okay. That's quite understandable. So that's that's what happens. That's what happens when I don't pay quite as close attention as I'm writing stuff down here. Yeah, I mean, hey, it happens. <laughs> it happens, right? Okay, the next guy that I'm going to tap here is a guy that has shown to be pretty stout this of recent, um, and I think that he can only grow on his rookie campaign. I'm actually looking at Jonathan Taylor at the 13 pick. Okay, so you're teaming up Taylor with DeAndre Hopkins there. That's a yes, I am. A, a good solid. You get one running back, one wide receiver. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, so, I took 
Mr. Tyree Kill at pick 11 here. And this is setting up really nicely for me. Like we mentioned earlier, we don't know for certain if Drew Brees is going to be back next year. But the idea of starting out with Tyree Kill and Michael Thomas as my top two wide receivers is too sweet to pass up. If you're thinking about doing that zero running back strategy and you're near the end of the first round, this is a great, great opportunity here. So I think if we remember back a few weeks ago when we did our top 10, I didn't have Thomas in mind, top 10, top 12, whatever we did. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't think he made mine. Um, and, you know, stuff changes, but I absolutely understand that he was clearly a first-round pick um, this year and let a lot of people down. Um, you definitely had him in your top 12, I believe. I, I think I had him like five or six. You had him at three, actually, it looks like. Um, wow. I, I did not have him in mind at all. So, yep, you got yourself a nice little value there. Um, see, now it's this is where it gets tough. Like, So I've got George Kittle, and it's like, okay, who do I want to pair with George Kittle here? Um, I could take a running back. I might take a running back. I could try to pair him with another wide receiver that I think could be really big. Um, and I think that that's what I'm honestly going to do. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to pair Mr. Kittle up with a guy that, remember, we did it under Dynasty when we did our last one, right? This is redraft. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. I've got like four or five guys I like here, but I'm going to go with a guy that I think's a target hog has had a little bit of injury history right now. I think he's safer than these other guys because of the targets and he's got a quarterback that we can rely on. So I'm actually going to go ahead and tap Keenan Allen with the 15th pick. I really like that a lot. Uh, Allen's definitely going to go sometime in the second round this year. People realized how much of a target hog he is. They're going to be losing Hunter Henry more than likely, so that's going to be a few less quality receivers for Justin Herbert to throw to next year. Mike Williams has never really been much special. The guys they've got behind him, like Tyron Johnson and uh, Jalen Guyton, are both more stretch-the-field options, and Keenan Allen is always going to be that possession guy. So I love that pick here. Obviously, this is another situation going Kittle and Allen where you're going to have to Consider it kind of like a zero running back start. You're going to have to target guys a little bit later there. But again, when you get into this point now where all the running backs are kind of starting to get a little even. Uh, now, that said, I took Zeke uh, with my pick here on the first half. So this is one of those teams where I'm going to go with a couple of running backs right off the bat. And I, I like the fact that uh, even though he started to cede some touches uh, last night and also in previous seasons, too, it, it's hard to ignore Aaron Jones's touchdown numbers. So pairing him with Zeke, you've got a lot of potential touchdowns there. I know I can find wide receivers later to put alongside those two guys. So I've got to be honest, I'm glad that you took Aaron Jones there. I can see him being a late second, maybe early third target, depending on the direction that you went. For me, the running back I'm eyeing, has scored more points over the past five weeks than any other running back. That's more than <laughs> Calvin Kamara, who scored seven touchdowns in week 16. <laughs> and that's David Montgomery. I'm going to pair David Montgomery with J.K. Dobbins. The quarterback position cannot get worse in Chicago next year. <laughs> it can only improve. He doesn't really have any kind of 
you know, fear of losing touches. Yeah, Tariq Cohen was out, but still, I don't think that impacts Montgomery. And I think he's shown that he's finally got it. So I think he's a value. Dang you. Dang you. You just you, you snaked my next pick there. I got it. Yes. <laughs> I, I absolutely love Montgomery. I mean, obviously, last season was a lost season for him. Uh, he's finally starting to get things going. He, he's looking more patient coming out of the backfield. He's actually starting to look like a young Le'Veon Bell coming out of the backfield, taking his time as he approaches it, finding the hole, catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, we don't know. I mean, I think they re-signed Tariq Cohen last season to a two- or three-year extension to be the pass catching back. He's missed most of this year, but I think he's still under contract for next season. But Montgomery has shown that he is more than capable of having that role. So, yeah, no, I was going to pair Montgomery with Devontae Adams here at this spot. Since I can't do that, I'm going to take the other running back that I was considering at this point, and that is Nick Chubb. Chubb is on my short list for within the next couple of picks here, um, but you did make it easier for me because I was deciding between him and one other guy, and I think he's this guy's gotten a little bit forgotten because of injury, hasn't played in a little bit, um, and the quarterback position on that team right now is just a mess, but their quarterback will be back next year. And I think that Joe Mixon comes with a slight discount this this coming draft versus last year where you had to take him in the first round, into the first round if you wanted him. I think mid-second, late-second, good spot to grab Mixon, especially when you're pairing him with Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I definitely agree with getting Mixon a discount. I'm really hoping that in redraft he slides maybe even to the the swing at 2-3. He could. Now, he, he was a swing pick this past season and perhaps even higher between first and second round because of the fact that everyone thought he was going to be this great breakthrough back with Joe Burrow at quarterback. And obviously, injuries kind of derailed that whole situation. But again, if you can get Mixon uh, round about late or end of second round, I think you're getting a very good bargain there. Average-wise, for what it's worth, average-wise per game, he was number nine in points per game average this year for running now, backs. For running backs. I am a little concerned about my next pick here, but I've got a very, very solid running back one in Derrick Henry. So I think I can take a little risk at my running back two here. And my risky running back two here is going to be James Robinson, who I think has looked very, very good uh, running behind a, a still somewhat piecemeal Jacksonville offensive line. Obviously, they're going to have Trevor Lawrence there. There's no reason for them not to start him from day one unless they manage to sign someone like a Dalton or Fitzpatrick to be a bridge quarterback. Uh, you put either of those two guys, they've, they've got an arm. They can make some plays. And they're going to be able to kit their offense in such a way that you'll have a good performance from Robinson one way or the other. So I, I don't mind James, Rob, James Robinson. My, my biggest thing is just don't know what's going to happen there. Coaching staff – all that kind of stuff. They're on the clock. Like, yeah, he had a look, he did what he did this year with what he had a quarterback. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know that he, he can hurt you. Um, but I think we're going to start seeing a run on wide receivers. And at this point, I don't see how I've got actually two to three guys. I want to maybe four guys I want to consider here. So I want to get in early and I'm going to go with Mr. Diggs up in Buffalo um, to pair with, with Saquon Barkley. I think that's a safe play. Uh, Diggs has certainly become a target hog there as well. Uh, Josh Allen is only getting better. So I love that pick there. Now, 
I'm on the clock. I, I made the risky pick of taking Travis Kelsey at third overall. Yep. If I'm going to do that, and this plays out exactly like I think it will, I'm going to have Patrick Mahomes fall into my lap there, round about the end of the second round, uh, pick number... 22. Uh, what number? 22. I'm going to pair Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey and do a little zero running back with the KC offense. And I thought about taking a running back in my spot for Diggs because I thought there was a chance that you would want to lock one of the last few reliable guys up. Um, but you didn't. So you took Pat Mahomes. That's a gift for me because now at number two, I get to decide, do I want to go running back, running back, or do I want to go with another wide receiver? And you know what? Dalvin Cook is like having a running back and a wide receiver already, right? So yeah. I'm now going to say that – I'm still going to go run. I'm going to go back to the wide receiver position and I'm going to tab. Oh God. I have somebody that I like a little more. You're going to, you're going to snake me again here, aren't you? I am. <laughs> I'm going to take DK Metcalf. Oh, okay. That was not the player I thought you were going to take, but you just picked up two of the most physical specimens on this team. This is going to be an all athletic team here. I'm guessing with cook and Metcalf. Yes. I mean, think about the pictures in the locker room there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So who was it? I, I have a feeling I know who, there's two guys you were probably looking at, but go ahead. Oh, he just slid right into my lap. How can, how can any team compete with a starting two picks Christian McCaffrey and Kelvin Ridley? Yeah. Woo. Ridley was one of the guys I was considering there. Um, after you make your next and pick, I'll tell you who the other guy was. Nicely, uh, I get the back-to-back here. So I can either choose another receiver, which is certainly a possibility. I go with the uh, consensus third tight end, but I'm not going to do that yet. Um, this is a couple of running backs on the board that I still kind of like. But I am going to go with... Antonio Gibson. So you made my decision a little bit easier because I was, I'm definitely was going to hit running back here again to get Cook some some help back in that running back backfield, and I was looking at Gibson. It comes down to two guys for me here. Um, I'm going to try and pull one that I think might let the other slide to me, but I know you're hitting running back. At least I think you are in the third round with that Kelsey Mahomes team. I'm going to go with Austin Eckler here. Austin Eckler is the other guy that I considered at that pick there. And realistically, if Kelvin Ridley wasn't just sitting there for me, I, I may have taken either Gibson or Eckler at 212 and then gone a different direction at 3-1. But again, Ridley fell to me. Uh, then I just had to make my choice between Eckler and Gibson. Now, yes, you're right. Kelsey and Mahomes, they do need a running back to go on that team. And I think there's one running back still that's sitting out there that's pretty obvious, and that is Josh Jacobs. Yep, he's the other guy I was also giving consideration to. So you, you nabbed him in front of me. Um, that means I now have to make a decision. Do I possibly reach for a running back? Although I don't know that it's necessarily reaching. I think that there's still plenty of upside with him. Um, but there could be some changes that happen that impact him greatly. Or I could go back to the wide receiver jump, you know, junction and, and grab a guy that's really going to let me play zero running back kind of modified, knowing I've got Barkley at number one. But again, you're worried about his health. So for me, it comes down to do I reach for Miles Sanders 
or do I go for a more sure thing at wide receiver? And I got to be honest with you. I've got to go Sanders. That is definitely the pick there. Um, I actually considered Sanders over Jacobs at 3-3. So I like Sanders here. Uh, you do have some question marks there with both Barkley and Sanders. So, and that's something that you're going to have to address with some depth picks later on in the draft. Yep. So I've got two running backs, one monster in Henry, one shot in the dark in James Robinson. So this team really probably should start thinking about a wide receiver. However, for me at this point, I'm looking at the wide receivers and most of them are pretty even. So I'm not going to be crazy and go running back, running back, running back here. Although that's certainly a possibility if you're able to start two running backs and a flex. I think that this is the time that I take the positional advantage and take uh, Darren Waller as my tight end. Okay. Can't say I disagree with that. I would have been hard-pressed to pass on this next guy that I'm going to take to be my anchor as my wide receiver one um, with Alvin Kamara and Joe Mixon, and that is Allen Robinson. I like Allen Robinson, but for whatever reason, Allen Robinson tends to fall in drafts. He does. Probably because of the fact that he always has some weird quarterback play around him. His numbers have been really consistent over the years, despite having crappy quarterback play. So, yes, again, you're, I think you're reaching a little bit for him here in terms of his actual draft position, but I don't have any problem with him being your wide receiver one by any stretch of the imagine, uh, Cur- imagination. I can't talk today for some reason. Currently, <laughs> this, currently this year, points per game, he's the number seven scoring wide receiver with all that issues that he has at the wide rec- at the quarterback position, and he does fall in most drafts except the ones that I'm in. So, <laughs> Well, now at this point here, I've got the team with Devontae and Nick Chubb. I think that they're both solid contributors. Uh, Chubb's obviously a solid running back, but he's, he's a kind of scary running back one. So I got to think, do I want to take another running back here? Or am I going to kind of zero running back this one the rest of the way and, and go wide receiver? I'm still in that state where I, I look at the wide receivers on the board and I think they're all pretty close together. So, I'm going to reach a little bit here based on upside and take DeAndre Swift to be the second running back for this team. I don't hate that. Um, Mid-third round, need him as a second running. I don't have a problem with that at all. However, um, my team of J.K. Dobbins and David Montgomery thanks you for letting a wide receiver slip to me. And you're right. There are quite a few different guys that you can look at here. And, you know, which way do I want to go? <sighs> I, man, this is. This it's tougher. It's tougher than I think. <laughs> no, because I have a guy that I like, but I really think that he, he should wind up end of the third, maybe middle of the fourth. So I'm going to let him fall. Um, but the guy I'm not going to let fall is A.J. Brown. If I had gone wide receiver, Brown would have been the choice there. Now, this team here is the big touchdown team. I've got Zeke and I've got Aaron Jones. Yes, you do. So this team here, I'm going to take on a zero wide receiver strategy. And I'm going to take the next best quarterback available still, and that's Lamar Jackson. I love it when you're taking these quarterbacks, by the way. I know. I know you're putting off quarterbacks because that's just what you do. But when you're looking at a team that's got three guys, one, two, three, that could score a total of six touchdowns a week, is nice. 
that is that is very true. There's nothing there's nothing that you can say that's not wrong with that statement. That's Unless you know sure. Kamara scores six touchdowns by himself. Yep. So now this is where you start looking at the running back position, saying, "Well, because <laughs> I definitely need a running back to go here in my mind." Um, yes. And I'm going to take a guy that seemed to shoot up a lot of boards earlier this summer, um, and now he's falling down boards. And I think that you'll still be able to rely on him. Andy's not going to forget about him. But I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm really hoping that uh, his performance this season allows him to slide into that like late round four, early round five spot. <laughs> I don't think he will, but it'd be really great if he did. Uh, obviously, as a Chiefs fan, I hope that he comes back and is very, very good uh, next season. And uh, again, he's got a year under his belt now. I just don't think that the Chiefs are ever going to be a team that concentrates on the run. So it, it's it's a good pick. It, it's not my favorite there. I think that we'll see him more involved in the passing game next year, be a better blocker and stuff like that. So that's where I think some value comes with that pick. So I'm at the point now where I've got Hill and Thomas on this team. Uh, two wide receivers. Obviously, I'm going zero running back. I'm really starting to get scared, though, because the zero running back options out there are starting to look even thinner and thinner and thinner. Yeah. Do I dare start a team with three wide receivers to start the draft? That's certainly a possibility, and it's the possibility that I'm going to take. I'm going to count on a guy who's been successful over his career up until this past year. He's been a borderline round one producer. I'm going to go ahead and take a chance on Julio Jones landing someplace good. I have, man, I love me some Julio. I don't have any problems with Julio Jones at all. Uh, what, a, what a wide receiver car. I mean, who, who's yeah. going to cover who there? Yeah, no, 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 um, no crap is what I'll say to that. How's that? <laughs> um, so here I've got a decision. I've got, DeAndre Hopkins anchoring down my wide receiver spot, and I've got a strong running back, I believe, in Jonathan Taylor. So I could easily take best player available. And I think a lot of people probably would be looking at Justin Jefferson here. I have some worries about sophomore slump. People have more on him. I'm actually going to give a guy the spot in the third round. I could I could be a, you know, what do you want to call it? I could be an ADP mover and make him fall to the first pick in the fourth round, but I'm not because he's played with serious crap at wide receiver. He's pretty much done nothing but produce, and I think he deserves to be in the third round, so I'm going to take Terry McLaurin. Okay. And now I will ask you, we're long. Do you want to do a fourth round? Let's let's complete the fourth round, yes. Let's do it then. <clears throat> Christmas gift. All right, so that means at four, I now definitely have to come up with something here, right? And yes. man, running back has gotten thin, I believe, unless I'm forgetting somebody, but I think running back has gotten pretty thin on us here. It um, has. I would say at this point. Yeah, it's thin. That's for sure. Um, so there's some guys I would like to consider. I really wanted to take DeAndre Swift, where I took took um, Ceh, so that Ceh could have fallen to that 12th spot. Quite honestly, um, 
or I should say three, four swing. Um, I think Chase Edmonds a guy to watch out for next year, but there's no way I'm taking him at the start of the fourth round. I mean, if I was you here, I would pair Hopkins with Murray, but I know you don't like taking quarterbacks this early. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to take a guy that has earned a role on an up-and-coming team, and I think you could do worse in the fourth round than, oh, God, you know what? <laughs> nah, I can't do it. I'm going to do this one instead. We'll see how far that other guy falls. I'm going to take Cam Akers here. Cam, er- Cam Akers is the place to be, right? That's it. Okay, well, I've got three wide receivers. I've obviously embraced the zero running back on this team. Take a, I've got take Hill, a I've got Thomas, I've got Julio. I'm going to take Mark Andrews here and keep the zero running back going on that team. Okay, so then that makes it easy for me because now I've got Kittle Allen and one running back. I need another running back. This is going to be the no-name running backs that everybody's going to hope they can produce. Um I really think that Miles Gaskin's a guy that's going to fall a little bit in drafts next year, and he shouldn't. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Miles Gaskins. Everyone was concerned about Selvan Ahmed this past week. Gaskin carried the ball, had 70% of the touches for Miami coming off the injury. Looked very, very good. Looked Obviously, really good. Tua, uh, there's still some shaky issues there. Uh, Fitz won't be back there next season, obviously. But the team is going to basically build itself around Gaskin, I think, from the offensive standpoint. They will have their pass catchers back, which will help Tua's development. But Gaskin's a great player. I, I like him a lot at this spot. Okay. Okay. So this team here is my big touchdown team. Zeke, Aaron Jones, and Lamar Jackson. Obviously, I haven't gone wide receiver yet. But this is the point where I feel like I have to at least get a wide receiver one for this team. Uh, there's a couple names I still really, really like. If I'm thinking big touchdowns here, I'm going to go with the guy who is among the league leaders in wide receiver touchdowns. That's Adam Thielen. So I look, Thielen's a hard guy not to like. He's tried, he's true, he's trustworthy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm considering wide receiver with my next pick. Um, he is not who I was going to consider. I think this guy gets a huge bump next year when we see his quarterback come back, um, and that is Amari Cooper. He's a guy I like to see slide again. Same same situation as a couple other guys we talked about. Because of the situation that they're in, Cooper might slide with no Dak. If people are just drafting based on statistics from this season, yep. they, they might not see the uh, the fact that he's got potential to be very, very big there. Particularly if they manage to figure out a way to unload Michael Gallup. That means that C.D. Lamb and Cooper will have one less mouth to feed the share uh, touches with. Yep. Uh, this team here, I've got... Nick Chubb, I've got DeAndre Swift, and I've got Devontae Adams as my number one wide receiver. So this is the point where I'm going to pair up Mr. Adams with his quarterback, 44 touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's not the direction I thought you were going to go, but I will say that I want to thank you for that because that means you're allowing Mike Evans to fall to a team that is anchored by Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, and Allen Robinson. You, you've got uh, three guys in a row there that are kind of maligned on, on Twitter a whole lot. Uh, Robinson, Evans, Mixon. Yep. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, the, I mean, this team will either boom or bust, I think. I like the team, though. That is true. Okay, so I went Henry. I took James Robinson at two. I've got Darren Waller as my tight end, who's looked ridiculous the last four weeks. Uh, 
this team here needs a wide receiver bad. And Evans was the guy I was going to take. Uh, unfortunately, you just took Evans. So, you know, I, I, I'm between two wide receivers at this point here. Now, one is the second fiddle to Evans. And one is the second fiddle to Thielen. I like the quarterback situation a little bit better in Tampa if Brady is back. Yep. But we don't know that. And we, we also don't know what his situation is going to be if he's going to lose a step at age 58 or whatever how old he is. Yep. Uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be back because of that ridiculous contract. So that means that Cousins and Jefferson will have one full year together. Uh, I like Jefferson a lot here as the wide receiver one on this team. I, I don't disagree with you. That was one of the questions I had about Evans, quite honestly. Um, will Antonio Brown be back also? I think that impacts Chris Godwin. Um, you know, stuff like that. So, and I love Godwin, but you can't help but look at what's going on and how many, you know, different mouths Brady has to feed there. I would think that Brady will be back one more year. I could be wrong, but I think he will be. Um, so the team that I'm now trying to draft for here has Barkley, Diggs, Miles Sanders. So I like to stay a little balanced. So I'm looking at a wide receiver here. And a guy that is probably not going to make it into the fourth round with many people but for me, I think that he's worth it because, again, he had a very good, strong start, lost his quarterback, and I think he only has somewhere up to go. He's still right now 23rd in points per game among wide receivers, so that makes him a, a solid wide receiver too. And my pick is T. Higgins. Interesting. I, I like T. Higgins here. I thought about Higgins uh, for this next pick. I thought about uh, – a guy like DJ Moore at my next pick. Again, uh, Moore's case, we don't know what the quarterback situation will be there next year. Uh, Bridgewater's under contract, but he's got a so-so performance this first season there. And uh, in the case of Higgins, obviously, Burrow, we hope to be ready for day one of next year, but we don't know that for certain. Uh, this team has Kelsey, Mahomes, and Josh Jacobs. So obviously they need to address that second running back position at some point. And there's some interesting candidates at this point. I'm, I'm thinking about guys like Chris Carson or possibly uh, Kenyon Drake, who's looked actually decent when he's gotten the opportunities here. But I think there's one guy who's a little bit safer and who has looked really, really good the last two weeks once his backup out. And that's David Johnson. That's what happens when you wait on running back. Um, nope, Johnson's the perfect kind of target in the fourth round, quite honestly. So now I've got two running backs and a wide receiver on this one. This is the all-athletic um, team. And, you know, I think with the kind of start that I had, that I'm going to take a risk at this point. And I'm going to take a guy that I know is going to be sitting the first few games. I'm taking Will Fuller. Oh. Do we know he's going to be let back in the league? It's a it's a too early, too early mock, so I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> oh no, I, I'm in an interesting spot here because I've got the team with McCaffrey, Kelvin Ridley, and Antonio Gibson. And the guy who I was considering taking four picks ago is still sitting there at wide receiver, and that's Chris Godwin. Uh I'm contemplating him. I'm contemplating Deontay Johnson. But, again, we don't know the status with Ben so, Roethlisberger going into next season. 
So, so as the commissioner of this league, I'm going to rewind this draft. I'm not going to let you make your 412 pick, and I'm going to remake my 411 pick because <laughs> the more I think about it, it would be a disservice to our, our listeners to say to, to nab Fuller there. I do think that you can get Fuller for, for late fourth, mid-fifth. You're getting good value even if he misses a couple games because I do think he'll be back. But I do think that there's somebody that's probably going to be overlooked, and he shouldn't be. Um, again, quarterback play kind of makes him a little, you know, risky and some other players that have been injured. But let's make my Fuller pick Brandon Ayuk instead. Ayuk, actually, interesting news came out. He's not going to play this coming week. It's too bad. I think he would actually do pretty good. Uh, but, yes, I like Ayuk. He's definitely a target hog there. Uh, not sure how that's going to look next season with George Kittle and Debo back. But – He's a good, he's a physical specimen. He fits in perfectly with that team that you put together there. Absolutely. Now, again, I was considering Cooper. I was considering Deontay Johnson. Um, I was even considering Russell Wilson here at this point for this team. Okay. But I, I just I weighed the pros and cons of all of them, and I settled on Goodwin. I, I'm Goodwin on Godwin because it's just hard to see him slide any further than this. Yeah, I don't. That's hard for me to disagree with, honestly. Um... We definitely have seen his floor this year, and I think that there's that he'll get this. People will discredit him a little more so, so I don't have a problem with that, especially when you construct your team the way you do there. And again, there's so many good wide receivers left out there at the end of four. Kind of stresses that for people who go running back, running back to start. Uh, again, good quarterbacks that haven't been touched yet, like Prescott and Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, yep. We've got we the top four tight ends all went and I think they should all go by this point. Um, you'd be stretching to pick a tight end outside of those four early. I think maybe T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, I don't. Know. I I think it's pretty. I think it's it's pretty well put though. Those four guys is, it makes sense. Beyond that, then you might be looking at reach wide receiver. You know, you got guys like. OBJ, you know, he's going to be back. Juju Smith-Schuster, does he bounce back somewhat? Um, Jamison Crowder, you know, he's just nothing shiny, but, you know, versus where you drafted him this year, is he going to be more mid-round, you know, that late fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round or something like that when you need a reliable wide receiver? So, and then, like you said, Debo Samuel. Is somebody, C.D. Lamb is another guy. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Um we didn't even touch on um, we, DJ Moore didn't get drafted. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson didn't get drafted. Um, it, a lot of guys. So wide receiver is is deep. Don't ever forget that wide receiver is deep. Um, heck, even Cole Beasley is a fringe wide receiver too over the last month and a half or so. So there you have it. And now that is it for the too early, too too early, four round mock draft. That we means, some good teams. That means, and we're almost at the we're at the fifty-one minute mark now, and that we means have we're to getting race a, through DFS. Yeah, we're on a very late start here for our DFS segment. So set the over under. Four. Four. Much wider player player pool this week. So it is. I'll take. Suffer. I'll take the over. Okay. Start us off. I'm gonna pay up for Lamar Jackson at Cincinnati. Baltimore is in a must-win situation against a bad Cincinnati run defense. Lamar is averaging just under 65 rushing yards per game this season. 
Uh, he's never a threat to throw for a lot of yards or a lot of touchdowns, but he's always a threat on the ground. And against Cincinnati, he should get it done. So I picked two, two guys. Um, I settled on Jackson, as even though he's my number two pick. Yeah, that's me just playing up that two thing. Um, I did consider Deshaun Watson at this point, but because Lamar needs the win, um, yes, that is why I'm paying up for Lamar, if we're going to pay up for anybody. Also, needing a win, conversely, means that's why I'm staying away from Patrick Mahomes, because he doesn't need a win, and we don't know how much we'll see of him. Quarter? Quarter uh, and a half? No, I agree. I, I actually didn't even uh, consider Patrick Mahomes for my stay away. For much of the reason you mentioned, we... I don't see any way that he plays more than one or two series yeah. in this game. It's going to be mostly Chad Henney this week. Uh, the guy I'm staying away from is Kyler Murray facing the Rams. The Rams allowed three passing touchdowns to Murray earlier this year, but he was actually held to under 175 passing yards in that game. So we're talking short touchdowns, two of which, which went to Dan Arnold. Uh, he was also limited to only 15 rushing yards in that game. Plus, he's now battling a leg injury, which may limit some of his rushing even more. Yep. Yeah, no Kyler Murray for me this week. Yeah, I was going to say, and I'm not sure how healthy he is, so I don't disagree with that. I think that's a good, strong pick. But with Pat topping you know, the dollar amount, and some people may not realize that he won't play much, that's why I had to make him mine. So as far as value plays, I um, can't say there was much I loved. Uh, some that were okay. One guy jumped out at me. Hopefully his wide receivers help him out a little bit more this week. He's got a top 10 matchup in points per game allowed to the quarterback position. Let's see if we match with Drew Locke. Uh, I didn't. I, I like Drew Locke. I think he's going to throw for two touchdowns here. But uh, I actually considered John Wolford for a second when we found out that Jared Goff is not going to play because of his uh, fractured finger. But I – Ultimately, decided to go with C.J. Beathard versus Seattle. Seattle gave up nearly 300 yards to Dwayne Haskins. That should pretty much sum things up right there. I looked at back, <laughs> back in Week 8, Garoppolo and Mullins combined for over 300 yards against Seattle. They had two touchdowns. Uh, C.J. didn't have a ton of yardage last week, but he did throw for three scores. Uh, Kittle is back. Obviously, they're going to be without Brandon Ayuk now, which kind of might hurt him a little bit. But getting Kittle back is certainly a big help there. He's got enough other enough other weapons to look at, two decent quality backup guys. I like Beathard there. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. Um, at the running back spot, I mean, I don't know that you can go wrong paying up for any of these top guys, quite honestly. Exactly. Um, and if, if you're like me, and I know that how you think sometimes, well, that means, okay, I'm just going to skip a bunch of these really high-priced guys and choose the best bargain. Kind of. Okay. Um, what I did was I looked at Alvin Kamara and I said, you know what? He was all that last week. Everybody said, but you know what? He had fewer catches than he did touchdowns. Big whoop. How good can he be? Um, but I don't know where they will be from a seeding standpoint during their game, et cetera. Um, and then I had Derrick Henry, but they play a late game, right? And they yep. uh, Actually, both. New Orleans, Tennessee, and Green Bay right. all have late games. So, But with Derrick Henry, by the time he plays, they could know if they are in or not. So Exactly. But Henry should be still going for trying to hit 2,000, although it's probably a little out of reach. But then 
I kept moving down the list. I went, you know what? Dalvin Cook's still, he's $200 cheaper than Henry, $300 cheaper than Alvin Kamara. He's got the Lions. I'm going to pay up for Dalvin Cook. You know, I thought about Delvin Cook, uh, like you mentioned with Henry. Uh, both Henry and Kamara have 430 games. Uh, both of them may know, well, in the case of Kamara, we know he's in the playoffs already. Right. But the only way that New Orleans qualifies for a bye is if Green Bay and one other team, I believe it's Seattle, if, if both of them lose. Correct. But... All three of those teams are playing at 430, so they won't know. So Kamara's going to be out there. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, I'm not going to take him, though, because he had six touchdowns last week. And everyone is going to be chasing that six-touchdown performance. I thought about Henry. In Henry's case, they're playing at 430 also. They will know by 430 because of Indianapolis – playing, I believe, at 4.30 also. Uh, But they will know if they're in because they're waiting on either Baltimore or Miami, both of whom are playing early. If either of those teams loses, then the Titans are in. They won't have the division locked up, but the division won't really matter a whole lot because of where they are in the standings. They'll be playing wildcard weekend one way or the other. Uh, The extra wildcard team this year actually kind of plays into the fact that Tennessee may rest some of their starters in that 430 game, even though their division is still on the line. Right. I thought about Delvin Cook. Uh, An interesting thing that's been mentioned here uh, locally is that for whatever reason, Minnesota may actually choose to rest some of its starters just because they don't think they have a chance. Obviously, they're out of the playoffs, which means that we may see a little bit more of Mike Boone this week than we would like. (laughs) <laughs> now, I'm concerned about that when I see Delvin Cook at 10,000-plus on FanDuel. Yes, the matchup is sweet, but over the last couple of weeks, realistically, Detroit has been better against the run than the past the last couple of weeks. And if you look at their running touchdowns, a lot, you'd, you'd think that's absurd. But they actually have played better against the run the last couple of weeks than they have against the pass. So I continued sliding down the list and fell back onto... The safety valve, the best player in football the last five weeks, David Montgomery, at nearly two grand cheaper than all of the rest of them, facing the Green Bay Packers in a must-win game for Chicago. Uh, it's just, it, it's too bad, too bad that uh, Green Bay doesn't need it as bad as Chicago does. Uh, Green Bay has been beaten up badly by running backs all season. Uh, they're allowing nearly 140 combo yards per game. That's all going to Montgomery this week. Yep. Don't disagree. Don't disagree. So who are you going to stay away from? Uh, I had a hard time with this. Like we just talked about, there's so many decent options there. I had to keep sliding and sliding, and I I settled on Nick Chubb. Uh, It's not a horrible game. Pittsburgh's been amenable to running backs the last couple weeks. But on the season, they've allowed the third fewest total yards to the position, and and Chubb still has to split touches with Kareem Hunt. So I, I hate paying... $100 $100 less for Chubb than I would pay for David Montgomery. Yeah, so I, I looked at another high-priced guy as a possible stay away since we talked about the reasons why already was Derrick Henry. But then I, 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 of course, moved off of that. But I'm right near Nick Chubb, and 
a little bit lower, though. The guy I'm staying away from is Aaron Jones against a Chicago defense that's been pretty good against running backs. But now on top of that, you have to worry about Austin Dillon and, and how's his role going to look. So I'm just going to stay away from Aaron Jones this week. Uh, Dillon looked an awful lot like uh, a not-so-healthy Eddie Lacy, but he was able to get the job done this past week. Yep. So I'll give my value play because we can't match. Um, okay. I know we're not going to match on this. I considered, believe it or not, Melvin Gordon. He's $5,700 as a value play. I love the matchup. I really do. But I was like, well, if I'm going to pay $5,700 for my value play, I'm using air quotes, then I'm really going to pay up for my value play, and I'm making David Montgomery my value play. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I actually considered David Johnson along those same lines, but uh... – no, I, I decided to make this a true value play, and I scrolled way down the list, and I chose the guy that you chose last week, Daryl Williams. Uh, CEH is not playing this week. Le'Veon Bell will probably only play a series or two. Yep. That means that D. Will is going to be the primary running back, and I also you'll probably split a little bit of touches with Darwin Thompson this week, too. But with Chad Henney at quarterback, I don't see them needing to throw the ball a whole lot. They're going to probably rely on Daryl Williams, who's been a very reliable running back all season, at getting a featured role this time, though. Okay. All right. So my, my over four is looking very tepid at this point. Who are you going to pay up for at the wide receiver spot? Uh, wide receiver was another tough spot to deal with because I don't mind Devontae Adams against Chicago. I don't mind Calvin Ridley. I I think Tyreek's not going to play enough to qualify. Uh, I don't like Stephon Diggs' matchup. Uh, The guy that I settled on, I had to go down the list a little bit, Adam Thielen at Detroit. As I mentioned earlier, Detroit has been rotten against wide receivers the last four weeks. Uh, During that stretch, they have allowed 215 wide receiver receiving yards and one and a half wide receiver receiving touchdowns per game. Uh, opposing wide receivers have destroyed them all season, including Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, Will Fuller, DJ Moore, the list goes on. So, I, like you, considered Calvin Ridley, don't hate Devontae Adams. And I went down the list also. When you said that you went down the list, I really thought we were going to nail this one. Um, I don't know what Atlanta did this past weekend to um, limit the Kansas City Chiefs offense. But they can't do that two weeks in a row. So I'm looking for Mike Evans to eat this week. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I considered stopping on Evans. The only reason I didn't was because there's so many mouths to feed there. That is true. But, yes, I think we see Evans get in at least twice. He could have three catches, 75 yards, and two touchdowns. So my stay away, I'm pairing my stay away with my quarterback, uh, and that's DeAndre Hopkins versus the Rams. It's another Jalen Ramsey shutdown situation. In the earlier meeting, he saved an otherwise pedestrian statistical line with a late touchdown. He actually banged his chest up late in the game. Kyler Murray's got the leg injury we mentioned earlier. It, they need the game, obviously, but it's, it's not looking good for Hopkins. Yep. So I had four guys I wrote down here. One was Tyreek Hill just because of the Kansas City, you know, not playing their starters very long. It's crossed him off. Remember I said I, I don't not like uh, Devontae Adams. I don't hate Devontae Adams, but if you don't love him at that price, you could make a reason to stay away from him, but he's not the guy I wound up staying away from. I don't love Allen Robinson at his price, but it's it's cheap enough that 
I don't feel like it's a true stay away. Um, so I went to the guy that's a couple hundred bucks more, and it's the same as USD Andre Hopkins. Okay. Value play is interesting. So my best DFS lineups this past weekend were on the afternoon slate when I stacked a bunch of Pittsburgh Steelers receivers against the Indianapolis Colts. So I'm going to stack the Jacksonville Jaguars leading receiver DJ Chark at Indianapolis. And, you know, whether it's Mike Glennon or Gardner Minshew throwing the ball, it shouldn't really matter. Indy's defense has allowed nearly 200 wide receiver receiving yards per game over the last month. And, and truthfully, you can't run the ball against Indy, so that's why they're accruing all these yards through the air. This game's inside, so weather's not going to be a factor. And Chark has scored three times in his last three games versus Indianapolis. Don't hate that play at all. Um, I went a different route. Um, Deshaun Jackson, 75 years old, and absolutely torched the Cowboys secondary early in the game. And then I'm not sure what happened the rest of the game. Maybe he was on oxygen. I'm not sure. But this week, um, I think that we can zero in on Mr. Slayton. I was torn between do I want to go Slayton or do I want to go Sterling Shepard. But I think Slayton's got more upside because of the big plays. And at his price, I'd be willing to try and jam Mr. Slayton in my lineup so maybe I can get some of those higher-priced running backs in there together. Well, Slayton's the speed merchant there on that team. Obviously, Sterling Shepard is more the possession receiver. So if you're playing the idea of Deshaun Jackson burning the defense, yep. Slayton would be the guy, or possibly even Austin Mack. Yeah, I don't trust him to catch cold. <laughs> On to tight end. Yep. Uh, at tight end this week, I'm going to pay up for Darren Waller at Denver. Over the last four weeks, nobody has more receiving yards than Darren Waller. No, but not Travis Kelsey, not Devontae Adams, not Tyree Kill. He is averaging eight and a half catches and 134 yards per game over the last four weeks. You know, Denver's kind of tough against tight ends, but it's just too hot. So, yeah, I had a hard time at, at this, honestly, because with Waller, you look at all that, and then you look at the Broncos and how they have been pretty tough against the position. And then I'm like, well, look, Mark Andrews, and that's a pretty sweet matchup, and they need this to get in. At the end of the day, I just could not not make it Darren Waller, quite honestly. So I paid up for Waller, which is funny because I also considered Waller during my stayaways because I had Kelsey down, of course, because of the whole KC thing, so we wasn't going to land on him. Decided I couldn't both pay up and stay away from Waller, although I could understand that. Instead, I'm staying away from George Kittle this week. You know, I had actually put Kittle as my stay away until I heard the news about Brandon Ayuk being out. And I'm thinking, okay, Kittle is going to get 25 targets this week. <laughs> he very well could. There's no denying. <laughs> and, and Seattle, Seattle's no better than middle of the road against tight ends. Um, so, again, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do Mark Andrews because Andrews has caught, I believe it's four touchdowns in his last five games against Cincinnati. Uh, and his price is reduced enough that he actually makes a pretty decent play there. Uh, Cincinnati's secondary obviously is getting better. They're still not quite there. I mean, Robert Tanya is facing a Chicago team that's been abhorrent to opposing tight ends this year. Uh, so, so many good options up on top there. I really had a hard time. I almost just settled on Kelsey because of the fact that he probably wouldn't play the whole game. Yep. But then I said, that's chickening out. That's, that's kind of going away from the spirit of this. So I, I went down to Jared Cook at Carolina. It is an awful matchup, but Cook has only topped three catches twice this year. 
and, and frankly, it, it becomes touchdown dependent then. That's hard to believe, actually. It's very hard to believe. So no, I don't have a problem with that at all. I found, and, and as always, I found the value play a little more difficult. I love the Indianapolis matchup. Oh, who's your stay away? I'm sorry. Oh, I said George, George Kittle was my stay away. Kittle, sorry. Yep, go ahead. Um, I love the matchup that Indy has against Jacksonville. So I had Trey Burton written down. I had Jack Doyle written down because they're both right there, same price tag, basically. Um, Burton's a couple hundred dollars less. But I was like, eh, you know, and then I'm looking at where Doyle is, and I'm like, oh, Dalton Schultz is the same price, at least on DraftKings. Um, so I decided to go Dalton Schultz because I feel like he's a safer bet than trying to figure out which one of Burton or Doyle is going to have a better day. I have no problem with Dalton Schultz at that price. I think he's a good option. I, I had just a ridiculously hard time choosing my value play this week. So I decided to go with Darren just, Waller. <laughs> that would be a decent play. I, I literally threw a dart at the dartboard and decided on this guy. It was, it was a choice between three guys for me. And they all play for the same team. Okay. Dion Yelder. Nick Kaiser or Ricky Seals Jones. Now, we know for a fact that Mahomes isn't going to play very much. We know for a fact that Tyree Kill isn't going to play very much. It's basically already been reported that Travis Kelsey is not going to play at all in, in the game. Um, so I decided to look at these three and look at their considerations. And on the season, Kaiser has got the most snaps which isn't saying a lot. He's getting about 19% of the snaps this season, mainly because Kelsey's out there all the time. So I looked at things. It's like, well, Deion Yelder and Nick Kaiser, they have a combined 14 career catches. Ricky Seals-Jones, however, he's been a top 10 tight end as recently as early last year. So I'm going to take a shot in the dark that Ricky Seals-Jones at $2,900 and $4,000 minimum on FanDuel is going to take on that receiving tight end role that would normally be Kelsey's this week. So I have to I have to say I love him on FanDuel at that four thousand, but on DraftKings at only a hundred dollars more to get to a Dalton Schultz or even a Cole Komet, I, I, that'd be a hard sell for me. But I get it. I trust me. I get it. I can't, I can't do Cole Komet anymore. <laughs> and Jimmy Graham has cost me money each of the last two weeks. Yeah, I, <laughs> trust me. I get it. I do. I get it. Well, my man, that does it. Um, the under hit. I had the over. We ended on a sour note. What a way to have to wait till next year. Um, we went long, but that's okay because it's been a long year. Um, but it's been a good year. Hopefully, we help people win some money. If we didn't, hopefully, I entertained you. If we didn't help you win money, maybe next year you can go against what we say if that's how you feel about us. Well, um, and don't forget to keep following uh, at the huddle into the playoffs. We actually yes. have the DFS domination article that goes all the way through the conference championship round. So there is a write-up on all the matchups and all the uh, pay-to-plays, stay-aways, and value plays during the playoff season as well. And if you have not signed up for the huddle and you do sign up, again, it's not just for the season. It'll go for one calendar year. Um, and it's really it's not a bad price for what you get. Also, make sure you can follow Harley on Twitter at Nuclear Harley. Um, you can follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. It's a little bit political heavy at this point, but that should stop after January 20th, I would think. Um, 
and then hopefully, you know, we can interact and have some fun. And then we may come back before the summer next year and do something come draft time. And if we do, we'll let you know that via Twitter. Um, but until then, as always, one, have yourself a happy and safe new year. Get blitz responsible. Cheers.